Oh. Jets. Are we getting lag? Are we getting lag again? Fucking lag? Getting fucking ridiculous lag. Hang on. And I'm Jace, so it's just the two of us this week, Will. Um, no little guests sneaking in, is there anywhere around here? No, not that I know of. And thanks a lot to Joey for coming on last week, it was really great, and we've had a lot of good feedback about that. And I don't know about you, Jace, but I'd like to get some more guests on in the future. Yeah, definitely, I think it's um, it's a good thing to mix it up, and people must be bored of just hearing me and you talking, so um, we're going to work on a few things. We've got a couple of things in the pipeline, I'm going to... Um, Try and get more people on and see how we yeah, go. Yeah, and if anyone's interested, just give us a shout as well on the Twitters and just let us know. Yeah, send us your CV. <laughs> so, what have you been up to this week, Jess? Well, I've been back to the old uh, cinemas, mate. Um, what? Twice in one year? Oh no, that's this is three times in one year because you went to see Brave last week and me and you went to see Batman. That's it, mate. I'm, a, I'm, I'm like a regular cinema goer or something now. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. So this time, um, it's a special one as well. It's one I've been looking forward to for a long, old time. Uh, I've been to see Dread. No, I've seen Dread as well. Well, there we go then. You must have uh, had a, <laughs> a fantastic experience like I did. Um, do you want to wax a lyrical about it first, or do you want me to? No, no, on you go, mate. You go first. Okay. And then so, I'll yeah. tell you where you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. So... Uh, yeah, I'm a, a, a big 2000 AD and a big Dread fan, and I've been for uh, a number of years, you know. So I was really looking forward to a decent portrayal of the old Dread character. Um, we won't talk about the old Sylvester Stallone thing. I think that's banned from the internet, isn't it? Uh, it gives me nightmares. Yeah, because everyone, everyone nightmares who likes a bit of Dread, I think. But uh, yeah, we'll put that aside. So this one, um, it's obviously got Carl Urban as Dread, and I think he plays him really well, mate. What do you think about him? Yeah, I would I would definitely agree with you. Um, what I always feel about with the original one is uh, Sylvester Stallone runs about shouting about how shouting how, so much about how he's the law. I feel as if this guy is the law. Do you know what I mean? He, yeah, he definitely, definitely. He, he has a presence on the screen that it's definitely felt. Yeah, and he's, and he's just he's just so much dread. For anyone who's ever read a dread comic, they know that dread's always straight down the line. He. The, the law comes above everything else, and he's always like straight to the point, no fucking about, and that's exactly the way the Dread character was portrayed in this film. Yeah, I mean, without going into kind of spoiler territory and stuff like that, the, the thing I always like about the original Judge Dread is I like how harsh he is, like, you're either a criminal or you're not a criminal, so he doesn't look at it as, oh, maybe this person's just a petty criminal, this person, do you know what I mean? <laughs> if you're a criminal, you're scum, do you know what well, I mean? And you deserve to be punished. Well, that's it, mate, because the... The whole idea of the law of Mega City 1, you've got to be black and white like that. You've got to be guilty or not guilty, and you've got to be able to make those decisions. And, uh, yeah, he, he, he does that just the way you'd expect Dredd to do, and it, it's spot on for me. 
So, what about the other characters? What did you think of them? I thought they were okay, actually, mate. They've... So you've got your standard baddie with the scarred face and the really mean look in their eye and that, and uh, the henchmen and all the, all the usual sort of comic sort of characters. The scarred woman that you were talking about, the, the bad guy in the film, basically. You wouldn't know what she's from, will you? Uh, films, probably. Well, she's in a few things, but most importantly, she's in Game of Thrones, and she plays the, the queen character in Game of Thrones, and she's bloody stunning in real life. Yeah, it was just such a great transformation to see someone who is such a pretty person in real life be turned into such a hideous monster. Do you know what I mean? And they haven't went for someone that kind of looks like that, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so she's not she's not the only bird in this film, is she? Um, got George Anderson as well, what do you think of her? Oh, she was nice to look at for the majority yeah. of the movies, you know what I mean? I'll give you that, mate. She's wearing a leather judge suit. Right. Now, I don't have issues with this character per se. Right? I enjoyed the addition because I think just watching Judge Dredd being silent in this locked down building, I think it could have been a bit a bit boring, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Because I don't think there'd have been much chance for dialogue. The only thing I'm worried about is, are you going to get that thing where... People who aren't necessarily the comic book fans, are they going to be so into this character that they feel that they need to put her into more films? Because Judge Dredd shouldn't have a partner. That should have been a one-off thing. Yeah, Anderson's not a partner per se. Obviously, we we, we know the background for why she's in this film, but um, Anderson's always been a, a prominent judge character in the comics um, in one way or another. And the, uh, the whole side judge thing and that, which um, was referenced in this, but it wasn't... Um, a big thing like it, like it has been in the comics over the years. I don't know, mate. Yeah, I f- as, the thing is, I feel as if Dread... I'm not complaining about it, I liked it, and it's it's not much to moan about, so I would just think, if it was me, I'd have maybe saved that for the second film and just establish Dread on his own in the first one, get people used to it being Judge Dread, and then introduce like another character in the second one, if you know what I mean. I don't know, mate. I think um, with the budget they're on and that, and, and the fact that they had to make it, in the setting it was, I think they had to put her in to brighten it up a bit, you know what I mean? I think that's yeah. the reason she's there. Yeah, and as I say, it definitely worked, because I think some of the some of the movie might have been a bit more boring without her, so I, I think I think it was a definitely good idea, but I, I guess I'm worried about things that haven't happened yet, do you know what I mean? We'll leave that to the people who are making the films, mate. That's, that's, you just enjoy what they're, <laughs> what they're pushing out to you. So talking about the setting and stuff, what do you think of it? Obviously, the budget was low, they could they couldn't do like um, loads of uh, on location stuff and that. So, what do you think of the setting that they, that was used for it? I thought the the entire movie was stunning, mate. Yeah, there was I, I, I was not under, cause I don't. I've not followed the development of this at all. I haven't read anything about it. I just seen a trailer a few months ago and then got excited when it was coming out. Um, I think I, I didn't realize it was a small budget because I think everything looked really really nice and it looks exactly the way I imagined it as well. Yeah, definitely, mate. And it really portrays the um, the idea of Mega City One of everyone all jammed in together, and um, it's that kind of dystopian sort of society. But um, it's got it's got that darkness about it and stuff. But I think it just fits perfectly well with the stories for me. Yeah, but it's also got that um, great two thousand AD thing where every scene is filled with things. Every shot has so many little details lying about, whether it be 
like the people hanging about, what they're getting up to, the graffiti on the walls, everything so thought out. Yeah, you know definitely. I, mean? I, I picked up on a lot of that myself. Yeah, yeah and and I really appreciate things like that in films. You know what I mean? I I really like the attention to detail that they've, they've went through, and this the only right the only gripe I have about the film is, and it's this is my biggest one about the original film. Right, I'm going to get this out of the way. The bikes. What was what was your thoughts on these bikes? My thought. I knew I knew people were going to uh, moan about the bikes because I don't think you can properly recreate. The original proper dread bikes in a, in a live action film. I don't think it's possible to to do it, and I think to do it they'd have had to make it CG and stuff, and it just might not have fitted. Well, right here's the thing I would say about it. You watch the the, the Judge Dread, the the Sylvester Stallone one from ages ago, and it's not even bikes of views. It's not even uh, super bikes. It looks like they've used mobility scooters or something, and have slapped slapped a weird kind of plastic body armor over it to make it look. Some sort of weird Judge Dread bike, and those looked terrible. And this one, they've went a bit more minimal, and they've went for these sport bikes, and they've kind of put a like a kind of body kit on them. Is that yeah. fair to say? Do you think? Yeah. Just, just to kind of give them that. Now, when I look at art from a Judge Dread and stuff like that, it tends to be it's like a Harley Davidson style bike that he yeah, has. Yeah, it's like a lowrider style bike. Yeah. What would be wrong with just putting a Harley Davidson out there, giving it the right colour scheme, and slapping a shield in between the handlebars? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean, mate. Yeah. I think that would be. It wouldn't be perfect to what I mean because the bike's obviously a lot more meaty and more futuristic. But at least that would be closer to what. What's portrayed in the comics, but again, it's not much to moan about considering the fact that it's only in it a little bit at the start and a little bit at the end. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it is a small gripe, man, but I think it's testament to the quality of the film that if you're going to gripe about something that's only there for what five minutes of the film at the whole time it was on, um, you're not doing too badly if that's all you've got to complain about. No, no, and, and definitely, I'd, I would say um, the, the thing about Anderson wasn't even a gripe. Do you know what I mean? It was just a worry that. She might be too popular. Like the actress might be a bit popular, and they might feel the need to bring her back into it in the next ones. But um, I don't think I've got much else to moan about in this film. It was it was really well done. I, I agree with you, Matt. I think uh, everything was really good. There's a couple of things I want to ask you about. Um, first one, the gore. Do you think it was um, obviously there were there were some bits of gore in there, and it was all quite car- uh, quite comicy, quite cartoony in the way it was put on. Do you think it was too much, not enough, or? Mate, I love I love a bit of gore. I'm not um not subtle in that way at all. Do you know what I mean? I love things like 300 and I think some people might watch it and think, oh, it's a bit childish. Do you know what I mean? But that's their opinion. I, I enjoyed it. I think it was good, mate. I think it was just enough. It was all in context. Um, it was enough to, to make people give a bit of a, ooh, as it, as it happened on the screen and that, you know. So I think that I think that was really good. Um, again, well, again, without being spoiling in terms of it is, there's a bit towards the end where... Something's about to happen. There's, there's a bit of a build up to it, and you know something's this thing's going to be really gory. And I remember like the whole build up and being like, "Oh no, 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 don't!" <laughs> <laughs> and I knew they were going to do it, and then suddenly like, the camera's right in there. Yeah. Like, and you watch it. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Was this a bit right towards the very end? Yeah. Yes. Very yeah, much that, so. that was really good, mate. And like you say, it was it was coming for a bit, wasn't it? Yeah. And I just remember like you watch it all the way, and you're kind of like. Ah, oh, this is quite good. And then suddenly it just occurred to me at one point, like, oh God, they're going to make me watch this or something. 
So the other thing I was going to ask about, um, which is, has been a, a talking point amongst Twitters and stuff, and um, it's it's been something we've moaned about before. The 3D in this film, what do you think? Now, you went to see this a few days before me, and you had said to me that the 3D was particularly good. Yeah, I'd said um, that this is the first film I've seen with the 3D, where the 3D only adds to the film. It doesn't detract from it at all for me. It's not done in a blatant way. It's not done in a real gimmicky way. It's it's used when it needs to be, and it really adds things to me, for me, to the film. So what did right. you think about it? Well, I, d- I generally don't go to see 3D movies because I'm on, I'm on one of those uh, unlimited cards, and I get into the cinema for free, and they make me pay three quid to get in, run about watch a 3D film and I think that's a bit cheeky but on your recommendation I, I gave it an attempt and I have to say mate the 3D was quite stunning it, I felt the 3D was quite physical in this film um, one of the things I'm always moaning about is in order to make it look realistic they're, they're generally quite subtle with 3D and it only sticks out a little bit I felt this 3D was really in my face and I felt it was needed for this film I felt that was that it was right for this movie yeah, it was up in your face in the right places. Though I thought I don't, I don't think they resorted to the throwing things into the camera and like um, things tricks like that that you see in other films. No, no, I didn't like find myself ducking as like someone's face came flying past me or something, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I felt it, I felt it was really good. It was really solid. A big part, obviously, was the um, the drug scenes, and that's not a spoiler because it happens right at the beginning. But yeah, um, yeah. in those, they, this 3D was certainly there, and um, I think I think those were done really well. Well, I liked it because you get a lot of movies out there that, that, that use the whole bullet time, slow motion kind of thing, and this movie actually managed to, in the plot, have a reason for that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So all in all, mate, I think um, we've both really enjoyed that film, and uh, I'm, I'm glad it's come out and it has been as good, and hopefully they'll build on this. Maybe they're a little bit more... Uh, money behind it and um, make some more really good films out of it. Yeah. So, uh, go on then. We'd like to throw a Ninja Star rating on these things. Um, <laughs> go ahead, mate. What do you think? I'm going to give it... We don't do half stars, do we? Because you can't throw half a star. So, I think on that basis, I'm going to have to give it four stars. Fair enough, mate. Um, I'm going to go the full five on this. Because of the dread time, because obviously I love my 2000 AD, because it didn't disappoint me and it only impressed me, um, I'm going to go the big five, mate. Fuck it. I don't watch cinema often enough to fucking yeah, no, know about things. <laughs> it's, your th- it's your thing, mate, more than it is mine, so that makes sense, do you know what I mean? Definitely. So, um, other than the film, then, I've been doing a bit of gaming. Uh, you remember last week I said I've been playing Portal 2, which was really good. Um, we talked with Joey about that for a while as well. And this week we've had a chance to uh, get on the co-ops together. Yeah, we did, mate. It was a lot of fun, wasn't it? And we... We managed to get through quite a bit of it in one week. Yeah, you'd said to me that the, the co-op was really good and I was I was really looking forward to it and it, it was going to be special. I knew it was going to be special, but I didn't realise how special it was going to be. It was fantastic. I think that's how Portal should be. Yeah, um, I, I do like that. I like the way um, each different, because like, there's, there's like, what, five chambers, was it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I like the way each chamber adds in, like, an additional part. So one of them kind of focuses on the light bridges. One of them focuses on the the the, the gels and stuff like that. I think you were a bit disappointed with the main content because there wasn't any white gel challenges. Was there? That was it. Yeah. Yeah. But we also got onto the 
the, what's it called? The peer review peer DLC review as DLC, well. Yeah. Um, we've, we've only got so far into that, we haven't finished it, and that actually seems to be a lot harder because it seems to be blending all the elements in together more. Yeah, it certainly made us think a lot. There was some of the chambers we were stuck on for a little while, weren't we? Um, and it was that moment when it clicks just how to do it. Um, yeah. And it, it, it just makes makes the puzzles just, just that fantastic when you when you get that little rush when you've completed them. It's, uh, yeah, it was really good. And I can't wait to go through the rest of those peer review ones with you, mate. Yeah, I'm glad because um, I think the, the, the multiplayer... Otherwise, it's kind of it's actually a bit easy, and it kind of holds your hand a bit. I'm glad this one adds in a, an element of difficulty that you kind of got a bit more of in the main game by yourself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think they've done really well with it, mate. Um, I'm gutted I've waited this long to get it, to be honest, but it's been worth the wait. Yeah, I'm also. I, I think there's a lot of little creative achievements in there as well, aren't there, Jess? We we kind of we've been enjoying picking up the odd little achievement. They're not they're not like small valued ones either. They're all like twenty five pointers. Yeah, there's some good ones, and, and a few of them we've, we've come across really by accident. Um, we were doing, a lot of times I was just messing about, because when you go um, through a camera section, you actually see yourself on the camera when you do a gesture, don't you? So I was just doing the, the, the gestures in front of the cameras, because it was funny to me. And it turns out that doing that got us an achievement after doing it in front of all five chambers. Um, I'm sorry, in front of a camera in all five chambers. Yeah, but there's also a couple of, like, there's a couple of, maniacal ones in there as well, aren't there? There's like the one for like dropping someone off a light bridge while they're doing a gesture and stuff like that as well. So and plus um as I've mentioned before, I, I do like to do a bit of griefing on Jace. Yeah, don't you just like, like the odd um dropping the grenade underneath the car when we're playing Grand Theft Auto and stuff like that. And this game's been a lot of fun to grief, hasn't it? Yeah, it's really good, mate, because because your mind's set on the puzzle as well. Oh, sorry, my mind's set on the puzzle. I've, I've been going about what I'm doing, and then suddenly I'll find the floor's disappeared out of me, or a bridge has disappeared, <laughs> or you've you've got me on some spikes or whatever. And yeah, it's it's ideal for you, griefing me up. <laughs> or just closing the door as you're going through it to crush you and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a favourite of yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, prick. It also has that um, great mixture of comedy. That the the single player had as well. Not all the way through it. You don't you don't seem to get a lot of chat from GLaDOS as you're playing the missions, but generally at the end of each like test chamber, she gives you some little comments. And sometimes I, I quite enjoy the bits where she's telling me and you different things. So she's kind of like whispering my ear that I'm the best, and she's whispering in yours that you're the best, and kind of try to play us off against each other. Yeah, it's funny. It's usually when you get through each little, little separate room, isn't it? And, you, and you're just going into the disassemblers that she'll come out with something about you being a fucking yeah. arsehole. And... Yeah, like, uh, Orange, I can't believe what Blue just said about you and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> do you know what it's mean? really good, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully we can get on and uh, do the rest of those peer review ones, like we say. And, um, yeah, really loving it, mate. I, I can't praise the game enough, to be honest, in co-op. So, other than that, I have been playing... Uh, we played a bit of Forza 4 as well, didn't we? Yeah, we had a little a little go on there. So I still haven't finished Forza 3, but I picked up Forza 4 for a decent price down in my local indie shop there. Um, and God, isn't it fucking pretty, this one? Yeah, it's a nice game, especially if you're a, a car enthusiast like yourself. I'm guessing you get a massive hard-on for this game. <laughs> yeah, I do get a bit of an erection, mate. It's, um, I find myself doing this terrible thing, though, when I'm driving around the track, because everything's so good to look at, you know, you can move the right stick around to look around through the windows and through the through the back of the car and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I 
I just I just can't stop looking around the place, <laughs> and because I'm driving like I'm I'm trying to drive all of this one in cockpit view, which I've never done before. I, I, I really don't get on with it, but I'm trying to force myself to go through this one in cockpit view because it's the most realistic for driving the car. Like, and I'm having fun doing that, but like I say I'm just flicking the, that right stick around and. Oh, look at the mountains and look at the cars going past me and stuff like that. And, uh, and then <laughs> smash. Yeah, a few times. <laughs> oh, where'd that corner come from? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not the I'm not the biggest racing fan, as you know yourself, mate. Um, I, I only bought Forza 4 because my my boy's a massive... He's a little boy racer, to be honest. He, he, he watches all the F1 and all the... Everything that's going, basically. And I'd bought this in for him to have a go when he comes up. And when he went away, I found myself getting into it because I like the whole, you know, when you play the the career thing. I like starting off with some crappy cars and unlocking new ones and moving through it. I'm not so much into the arcade mode, but I I quite enjoy that. It must be a pretty special game if I'm if I'm getting into it because I I generally don't like these kind of simulation racing games. Yeah, it's got a really good career mode actually, and and all of the Forza games have done it. This one just embellishes on that again a bit more. Um, like I say, starting off with a shit car and then building it up is really good. I Because um, I had a save file from Forza 3, it brought me over loads of cars and loads of cash as well. So um, that, it kind of took away that starting off with a shit car because it gave me a fucking Bugatti Veyron, for God's sake. So I've kind of cut a corner a bit on there, but I'm trying not to use those. I'm trying to um, stick through and, and build up. But some of the cars that are in there are just fantastic. They're uh, cars I've always... Loved and stuff, so um, it's, it's certainly an enthusiastic sort of game. I've not gone too far for a degree yet. I think I've done the first couple of classes and stuff, and um, I'm really loving it. So, yeah. Well, what I like about the career is um, you'll remember from I, I, I think it's three that I've got, but you remember the whole thing uh, you get a whole selection of races to take part in, and there's like generally a grid of what, what you can do and what you can't do with, with the cars you have. But I like in this one, it just takes you to a country. And it shows you, like, whatever car you're in, it'll find an event for you to do in that country with that car. Yeah. So like, you can play the entire career in one car and never never modify it or anything. It'll, it'll always find you cars to, uh, races to do with it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And I, I like that. It makes it easier for someone like me who I, I don't need to find the exact spec car to, to take part in the next event and stuff like that. I, I like that. It's good as well. And with such a massive choice of cars, you don't want to be having to choose... A specific car for each event, and that it's, it's good to continue through, and, and uh, you get to learn obviously driving that same car lots of times. You, you get to learn how that car handles, and as you upgrade that car to go through, it, it progresses you a lot easier. See, I do it differently. I don't do that. Like I'm not sticking to one car and going through it. I, I find I very often I'm unlocking new cars as I go through because each time you go up a level, you unlock a new car. You get like a choice of three or four cars, and um, I'm finding. I prefer to just pick one of my new cars and find an event for that, and just I'm I'm just testing everything out. Do you know what I mean? D- dipping my toes in the water and trying everything that's going. Well, it gives you those options to do it however you want to do it, doesn't it? Yeah, that's what that's what's so good about it. I'm really tempted to get some of the DLCs for this as well. And I know it's just more cars and more cars, but some of the cars that that when I scroll through the list and it pops up and it's DLC in the corner, it just pisses me off. You know, some cars that I really want to drive in there, so. If I get in quick, I might dip a, a, a couple of uh, points on the old DLC for this. I certainly want to get myself the smart car, just because I've got one and I love them. Yeah, I mean, you had sent me the... It's down to half price now, the, the season pass, isn't it? Yeah. 
So I mean, it might it might be worth doing it. I know. I know when when I'm sitting playing it with my boy, he's exactly the same. As soon as he sees like, the cars that and have the DLCs, he's constantly saying, "How can I not use that car?" Because he doesn't get it. And um, maybe it's worth getting for his sake. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't bother me. I'm I'm not bothered. I don't know. I don't know shit about cars. So as long as one's fast enough, I'll drive in that. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Fair we had a couple of races, didn't we? Yeah, we did. I um, think it was. You'd you'd already played a bit of it, and I, I was I hadn't played a Forza game for a, for a, a good number of months. Um, so I think you're all over me, but I think I'm going to catch up on you for the next time. I think also me and Chazzy from the AI bots a few a, a, maybe a month or so ago. He he came in with me, and he kind of taught me. There's a there's a kind of specific way you want to take the corners in this game that I wasn't used to because I'm used to just throwing myself around them, and um, he he kind of taught me about the whole deceleration acceleration thing and apex in the corners and stuff yeah yeah do you know what i mean i don't i didn't entirely get it all but i think i picked up one or two things while he was doing it so maybe maybe you need to get in with him because he's right into it do you know what i mean he's like a mega forza player do you know what i mean yeah so I, I might give him a bit of a challenge let me, let me get my head around it a bit more and i'll uh, i'll be giving chazzy a bit of a challenge i spent hundreds of hours on the uh, grand Turismo and stuff back in the day but uh, we'll see what he's got to say so what else, mate? Anything? Playing anything else? So other than that, um, I've I've got this other console in my house, you know. I've got this PS3 thing that I've never never really used. And on episode seven with Joey, we uh, talked a lot about Killzone Three, and I said to him that I was going to get myself a copy of it. So I'm guessing this is going to end up with you having bought said copy of Killzone Three. I did, mate. Yeah, I went out yesterday and. Um, I traded in something lying around and uh, got myself a copy of Killzone 3 for a nice little bargain price. And um, yeah, I, I installed it today, which obviously took about four months to do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I, uh, I put it on and I, I played through the intro and I played through, I think, half of the first level maybe. And it's pretty good, you know, as a, as a single player game. It certainly drew me in more than the uh, multiplayer did. Now, have you played uh, one or two? No, of course not. Hmm. And did you feel it was easy to get into, even though you hadn't played those games? I think most of these shooters, mate, they're generic enough that you can go in at any point. Yeah, I guess so. Even like great ones like Halo, I think you could come into any of those games at any point. It always gives you enough exposition from the other games to keep you going, so I'm guessing it must do that with this as well. Yeah, it, it did do. And... Um, it's quite nice, you know. It's it's not as certainly in the level I'm playing at the moment. It's not as brown as I found the multiplayer. Perhaps that was just the maps I was on. Um, the weapons still feel a little bit floaty and stuff, but I think now I've remapped them to um, be more in line with what I want my controls to be on. I think I could probably get quite into this. And there is a co-op mode, so I might have to uh, grab Joey or somebody to uh, go through the co-op campaign with me. So, what do you think about the space Nazis? Do they make a good bad guy? I was a bit confused when I watched the opening cutscene. It was um, I didn't really know what the hell was going on. I wasn't paying a great deal of attention, to be honest with you. Because um, you know me, mate, I can't watch cutscenes to save my life. But it seems a kind of weird story. But um, there was like a steampunky sort of, like say, Nazi space thing and that going on. It was kind of a conglomeration of loads of different things all coming in together. And um, it's, it's interesting me, I'll give you that. Excellent. So have you been taking a go of the multiplayer at all, mate? 
I haven't yet, mate. I, I only got it yesterday, and I, and I put it in today for the first time for a little bit. So um, I haven't got back on the multiplayer yet, but I think there's uh, Chazzy from the AI bots who wants to have a play on there and uh, Joey and stuff. So there's a few people waiting to drag me back into the multiplayer. So I might give it a go. And you never know, mate. I might turn into the uh, ultimate PS3 fanboy from one game. <laughs> it's not going to happen, is it? I mean, I've had the thing for five years, mate. And I've only bought two games, so um, <laughs> sorry, PS3 boys. I'm not. I don't think you're going to be dragging me in just yet. And leaving the console stuff behind, um, I've only got one real handheld thing to talk about this time round. Um, have you seen the airport scanner game on iOS? No, but I think you you recommended it to me recently and I haven't bothered to download it, mate. I have to apologise for that. Well, that's fair enough, mate. You don't always take my recommendations. So as the name suggests, you uh, you play the guy who scans the bags at the airport. Obviously, when you go on a plane, you know you, you put your bag through the scanner thing and the guy's got an image where he can see through your bag and see if you've got anything dodgy in there. So the idea of the game is, as the bags go through, you're trying to spot illegal items. Um You've got all obvious things like your weapons and stuff like that, and crossbows and swords and ridiculous things. You've also got things like your water and your toothpaste and that, which are more realistic. You know, they take they take those out of your bags when you go to the airport these days. Um, it's quite good, mate. It builds a few little things into it. You've obviously got the, the hidden object sort of thing, looking at um, the objects in the bags. You've also got to manage the queue because you have like first class passengers and air crew and stuff coming through the the queue line. You can adjust the queue line to fast track people or send people away um there's a combo system as well so if you can correctly get five bags in a row i think it starts this combo thing off and obviously your scores uh multiply up from that it's really quite good as a little time waste mate. I'd, I'd at least give it a go um i haven't noticed any freemium elements in there yet um they usually sneak up on you but it's it's quite a good one mate give it a, give it a shot i will do i'll give it a try that's about it for me i think mate um I think I've, I've talked quite a lot about stuff, so um, yeah, I'll leave it there, and um, we'll see what you've got to talk about. Right, well, um, as I told you, I, I re-signed up for Netflix. Oh, right, yeah. Now, when I, when I tried out Netflix, I think it must have been about six, seven months ago, there was fuck all to watch. I, I found it really sparse, but um, I was told, because I've recently got a few programmes... Hang on, hang on. Frick over the road, it's fucking... Alarm's got up in his fucking van. Sort your fucking van out, you cock end. Oh, <laughs> carry on, mate. Cockass! <laughs> Cockass! <laughs> um, but there's been a few programmes I've been interested in watching, and I'll talk about them in a minute. Th- found out that they're all of all of these are available on Netflix, so I signed back up just to give myself a little something else to watch now that I don't have Sky as well. And I've been really enjoying it. Um, some of the programmes I've been watching. I got into... Uh, Avatar, the last Airbender. Yeah, that's a good one. Now this was this was partly because of yourself. Uh, you, yeah, you had been getting into it recently, hadn't you? You and the boy. Yeah, that's it. We um, changed our telly package fairly recently, and we got rid of most of the kids' channels, which wasn't very good for the boy. Um, but I said, there's a trade-off. I'd get Netflix, um, which worked out slightly cheaper, and gives him a nice big selection. Obviously, on the uh, just for kids bit, he can go down and, and put whatever he wants on. So he um, saw that Avatar was on there. and It's something that I'd heard people talk about, but I'd never watched myself. And the two of us, we've got into it, and we've watched now through the whole three series. And, um, yeah, what a fantastic one it is. Yeah, but I'm, I'm quite impressed with it. I mean, some of the things I like, I like the continuity 
to the show, which you don't get a lot in kids' cartoons these days. Generally, it's all everything's um, self-enclosed episodes. If you know what I mean, like everything, like the episode finishes in the same state that it starts. There's has n- nothing's affected any of the cat. Do, do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, you got a, you got a cohesive story that runs through the whole lot. Yeah, yeah, but um, an Avatar. I mean, generally in kids shows as well, you don't get the whole previously on this show, and it it kind of shows you everything that's happened so far, and there's always some new development in each episode that affects the rest of the series, and I'm I'm finding that really impressive for a kids show. Uh, it's right, it's it's exactly the kind of thing I like in my adult TV shows. Do you know what I mean? Um, also, what I like is I'm liking the animation. Because as I've mentioned before, I mentioned very recently, I'm a Dragon Ball Z fan, and even in that, that's my that's that's probably my favourite anime, and the animation's pretty shit when you think about it. They're, it's just like they all stand in like this really stupid akimbo pose all the time, and when they're punching, it's like the same two punches animated over and over again. Do you know what I mean? But when you watch this, the they look like they're they're using real martial arts. Well, yeah, as you go through. Um... The different se- seasons, and you see the, um, the the different styles coming into it. You got obviously you've got the different elements coming in. You can really, if you, if you wanted to have a look at it, you can really see that um, certain styles of martial arts fit in with certain um, the certain ones that bending styles. So, like the Earth one is a stronger style, like Shotokan karate and stuff like that. So, it's, it's really if you wanted to go and look closer at it, you can you can kind of see the roots of each of the styles. It's really good. Yeah, so I think I'm about halfway through the first series because I'm trying to watch far too many things at the same time here, and um, I'll get I'll get round to watching the rest of it. I'll let you know how I th- what I thought of the first series. Yeah, definitely do that, mate, and, and keep on with it. And I think you're gonna have no problem keeping on with it because it it drives you on to watch the next one and stuff. So um, yeah, the next thing I've been watching is, and I know a lot of the community absolutely love this, is Firefly. Uh, have you seen, heard anything about Firefly, Jess? Yeah, I know it's a big staple in the old geek community and people talk about it all the time. It's not something I've ever watched. I've never really had any way of getting access to it, but now it's on, I know it's on Netflix. I've watched maybe half of the first like feature-length episode um, and I'm hoping to get some more time this week to, to get into that and see what all the fuss is about. Well, I mean, there's only 14 episodes yet, which is an absolute crime. Do you know what I mean? And I know they made the movie Serenity later on in life to kind of come back and tie it all up. But I, I think I've watched the first five episodes of it now and I've absolutely fallen in love with it. How I would describe it is it's cowboys in space. Do you know what I mean? In more ways than one. I don't just mean like um, they act like cowboys. When they land, whenever they land on a, on a planet, everyone's riding on horses all the guns look like revolvers. They all talk like cowboys. It's like a galaxy full of cowboys. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a, it's a good little style. I got, I got picked up on that in the first one. Yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. Um, what I would say is the characterisation in this programme is amazing. The, every character has a reason to be there. Every, the, they all have their own individual little personalities, their own their own different senses of sh- humour, things like that. And it, it's really good. I can I I now understand because everyone always talks about Nathan Fillion as being this, like, like he's he's this fan favorite and he's the sci-fi fan favorite, and I've never got that before because I haven't really seen him in anything this big before, and now I can kind of see why everyone loves him so much because it's great. The other thing I would point out is I'm seeing so many actors that are in other sci-fi shows, 
you know what I mean? It's okay. like, it's like everyone who's anyone in sci-fi now looks to have been in Firefly at some point, where they're just playing an act, like a an act, a part for one episode or, or so. Do you know what I mean? Is that part of the reason it's so popular? Do you think because it's it's so well acted by all these people that you've seen yeah. other things? Or? It's a massive cult hit, mate. Um, um, I was reading up about what happened to it, and basically, the reason that gets put down for it having been cancelled is the network uh, across in the states played the episodes out of sequence. So instead of playing the pilot, which introduces every character, shows you who everyone is, what the show's all about, what they're driving towards, they decided to pick this more exciting episode from the middle of the series where everyone's like, who, who the hell's that? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And then they just played all the all the episodes completely out of order. Everyone got completely confused with it and thought it was shit. And it, it failed miserably. It wasn't until it came out in DVD and all the episodes were all reordered and put the way they were intended to be watched that everyone got into it. And it's, it's a real shame because it, I think it could have done really well. Yeah, so I suppose that that um, disconnect with, with putting it out of order was, was what stopped people watching it and, and that, that knocked on to stopping it being made a second series, was it? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Okay, um, cool. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to get too upset about it because I've only just started getting into it and I knew I was getting into a programme that had already died, but I had to see what everyone was going on about. So, as I say, I'm about five episodes in uh, again, so I'll, I'll watch some more of that and I'll let you all know how, how I, what I thought about it by the end. Yeah, I'm going to try and watch a few more, and I think we can uh, revisit this one at a later date. Yeah. Now, even better, I've left the best to last here, and I think this may be my new favourite show. I started watching Breaking Bad. Alright. Now, I have this um, thing where I don't like watching American sitcoms. I really don't get on it's with them. It's not a sitcom, mate. It's, it? it's very much a drama. It's very dark. Um it can be funny as well, so that's maybe where you've got the misconceptions. It's I found myself laughing a lot at it, but um, yeah, it's basically about this high high school chemistry teacher. Or the, although the the guy it shows you very early on, the guy is a Nobel Prize winner and he's a lot smarter than what his job entails. He's just kind of let himself get to that point in life. It's uh, just kind of let life go by him, if you know what I mean. And very early in the first episode, he finds out he has cancer, lung cancer. And he's only got a shop while left to live. So what he decides to do is he, he doesn't want to leave his, his family poor. So what he does is he decides to start cooking crystal meth. That's what everyone does when they put down the look, don't they? Well, it's basically because what it comes to pass that um, he specialised in like crystals and stuff like that. That was, that was something, I don't know, I don't really get the whole thing. But basically when he does it, he cooks this crystal meth that's like no one's ever seen anything as good as this shit, and he, he starts getting involved in this life of organised crime, and he's just like this complete family man. Do you know what I mean? And it's it's so ridiculous the things he has to get into. Like, I'll talk about something very early. I mean, they they accidentally kill someone when they're defending themselves, and they have to try and get rid of the body, and it's like he does the whole acid bath thing. So it's like, although it's really grim and really serious. There's plenty of bits that I'm laughing at while this is happening at the same time. Do you know what I mean? It's it's really good. I've watched the entire first series now, and I'm really impressed. And I'm I'm definitely in for the long haul now. Yeah, fair enough, mate. It's, I know it's a popular show, and that I don't know. I, I think I must have seen a couple of clips of it, and it didn't really see my bag. But I might give it another go just because what? you're saying it's good. I, I don't know. I don't really have time for watching massive series, though. 
Well, the 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 first episode's a double episode. It's like it's pretty much like watching a movie. What I would say is watch that. If you don't like it by the end of the first episode, which is like an hour and a half, you're not gonna like it, and then you should just leave it. Do you know what I mean? But watch that, see how you get on with it, and then fair enough, you you got a an educated opinion on it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's rude not to try it out because it's on Netflix, isn't it? So I might as well. Yeah. So I bulge enough about TV shows and all that, and I can I can hear you're starting to to glaze over. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so I'll I'll start talking about games. How's that sound? Go on, then, what you got? <laughs> right, I recently rented Dark Souls. Now you've got this as well, haven't you? I've got it. It's an unplayed one. It's on the pile of shame. Um, yeah. yeah, go on then. What's it like? Right. It, I don't. I know a lot of people love this game, so I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be tactile about this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be nice as. I'm gonna be as <laughs> nice as, as I can. Yeah, tactful. I'll be tactful about it. Keep that in, by the way. <laughs> In the nicest possible way, this game is utter shite. That's quite tactful, <laughs> mate. Yeah, well done. I had, I could have been a lot worse about it. I'm sorry, guys. I know it's it's other people's cup of tea. Basically, this game has is it's like playing any other game on extreme, on an extreme difficulty. And you know me, mate. I'm not for the the high difficulties. I'm 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 for enjoying the game. Um, the story is absolute. It's the worst kind of, you know. You know when you when you play a fantasy game, when it's just really generic, it just looks like every other fantasy game you've ever seen. Yeah, it's very much like that. It's 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 very uninteresting. I couldn't care less about the world that, that it's in. But it's got this system where you, there's campfires about littered about the game, and each time you go to a campfire, it it heals your character, it fills your little potion bottles up so you can heal yourself while you're on the go. But what it also does, it respawns every enemy you've just killed. <laughs> Which is nice. Yes, and when you die, you also get returned to these fire, these campfires. So you can't do the whole thing of going forward, killing a few enemies, going back, healing yourself, and then because as soon as you heal yourself, those few enemies have just respawned. Yeah, right. Do you know what I mean? Okay. The, the other thing it does is you collect, each time you kill someone, you collect souls, which is it, this game's version of experience points. And you collect up the souls when you die, what happens is you lose all these souls, every every soul that you've collected, and you have the ability to go back and collect them from your dead body. But if you die again before getting to that dead body, you've lost them completely. Oh, nice. Right. And to level up, you can only level up at a fire, like one of these uh, campfires. So if you lose, all, if you go out and you collect enough experience to go up a couple of levels, and you've not been to a campfire and you die. And then you can't get back to that dead body. You're fucked. You've you've lost all your, like all your leveling up. Do you know what I mean? And you're not going to progress. Amazing. So the other thing, I mean, a lot of people have been saying on Twitter that they like this about the game, but every single enemy is a challenge. Do you know what I mean? Just you know, like just your little fucking shitty skeleton warriors and stuff. It's like an epic struggle just to fight the general enemies. And I got to a point in the game where. I came across two skeletons at the same time in this little graveyard and I go down and try and fight them and they wiped the floor with me and they bullied me and bullied me and I finally managed to get by these, by the skin of my teeth. I walked on a little bit more and two giant skeletons came out the the thing and they just ragdolled me about the place and it wasn't, it wasn't a fair fight at all, do you know what I mean? <laughs> nice. And it, it was, it was at this point and the, the, Rest assured, everyone, I did. I, I had three attempts at this over three separate days. 
to get into this game. So I, I feel as if I've given it a chance now. I've, I've given it all I can give it. I've played it for about a collective two hours and um, I don't like it, so I'm out. Did you try different classes? Did you try different ways of going about it? Yeah, well, well I started off as a monk because it said it had the healing thing and I generally like to have a character where I can I can be self-sufficient and I can keep myself healed without having to use potions and stuff. So I, I went the monk. It's a kind of warrior monk where you get to you have you have a mace and stuff like that. But what I discovered very quickly was that the healing spell that he has only heals other people. It doesn't heal himself, <laughs> so it's pretty useless. Yeah. So after after learning that, I decided, you know what? I'm just going to go through it as a warrior, and I came back. I was stronger, and yeah, I managed to get through the first part of the game. That you start off in an asylum, and I managed to get through that a lot quicker. I think I managed to breeze through that in about 15 minutes, whereas the time before it took me about 45. Um, so, so I was definitely, I was definitely more powered up, but I still, I was still getting bullied by the skeletons later on. Yeah. So, I mean, this game's for the kind of person. I mean, you like to skip cutscenes, don't you, Jason? But this is a, this is a known thing between me and you. This is a thing that irritates me. Yeah, it's sounding like it might be up my street because. The story's shit. I'm never really that arsed about stories. The difficulty's high, which I like. The only thing that's turning me off, you're saying it's... You've said um, that it might be a bit hack and slash? Only in the way... Like... It's hack and slash in the way... Like, it's a, it's a third-person action RPG, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Have you played anything else like that recently? I mean, I know I have. I've played things like Dragon Age and... Like fable things like that. Do you know what I mean? It's it's in the same vein as these kind of things. Yeah, I haven't because I don't like them. So. Um... And it's definitely there's a lot more tactics to it than just hacking and slashing. You can't just run in and pummel the the attack button. You have to time your attacks. You need you need to do a lot of like dodging out the way, using your shield and stuff like that. And you need to attack at the right minute because if you attack. And you get stabbed while you're attacking. They'll they'll take that that opportunity to stab you like a further four times and kill you. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So you need to be a lot. It's there's a lot of circling around the enemy, getting into the right position and stuff like that. So you, you might like it for the whole tactics to it and stuff like that. Yeah. So that that's it for Dark Souls. I'm sorry, guys, but I'm I'm out. I can't do it anymore. What else I got was I, I got the new Skyrim DLC. Okay. No, I'm not sure if this is called Heartfire or Hearthfire. Hearthfire. Right, I downloaded that. A lot of people have... Uh, I've seen someone describing it to you as, like, Minecraft and Skyrim. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's accurate at all. Alright. Um, I've got to the point where I've been. I've bought my land for 5,000 gold. I went up there, there's, like, a little um, planning station, a little box... Like to keep all my crafting tool, like equipment in and stuff like that. So I suppose in that way it is because you need to collect all the like your clay, your stone, your all your different bits and pieces to make all the items, and you get a little anvil to create all the things like your nails, your uh, hinges, everything that you would need. You also get like a crafting bench that gives you the ability to make all your bits. So how this works is what what you do is you go to this little planning bench. You have to plan the room that you want to build next. You then go to your crafting table and it tells you the bit you need to build. So maybe you need to build the foundations first and it'll tell you you need 10 stone and like 
five pieces of chopped wood kind of thing and you build it so it goes on like that you build the the little house at first the little single house thing and then you can build the main hall and then all the wings right and the thing about the wings is what I was looking forward to is I was looking forward to my house looking completely different from your house do you know what I mean like I could decide to build like a couple of rooms at that place and then fill them with whatever I wanted but no what it is is you have to choose right I'm going to build an alchemy room here or I'm going to build an armory here and it's all kind of pre-planned little rooms if you know what I mean okay and I'm I'm not very impressed with that because the one thing I think Skyrim could really do with is personalization. And I was I was talking about this recently with uh, I think it was my granddad who I've mentioned before. He's right into Skyrim, and I feel as if you know when you're crafting weapons in Skyrim, yeah. Like you make you, you make a I don't know a ebony sword, an ebony long sword, right? Why can't there be say four or five different Eb- uh, designs for an ebony sword and I can choose what one to make yep. do you know what I mean in the armour why can't I mix and match different patterns of armour do you know what I mean I think Skyrim's really screaming out for that and I think this is the same all the houses have to be built and they're all that exact same kind of style why can't I build like a a dwarven looking house or a a castle looking one do you know what I mean they all have to look that exact same way and I'm, I'm not impressed with that at all yeah I don't suppose it matters it's only you that ever sees them it's not like um, other people come in and, and see your stuff. But, yeah, I think you've just turned me off it, and uh, that's probably a good thing. Well, I'm going to turn you back on it now. Oh, God, go on. Then. <laughs> I read through the achievements. You know, they, they like to add an extra 100 achievement points for it. And one of the achievements, one of the new ones, is a big old 50G achievement, and what it says is, defeat a legendary dragon. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, anyone who's played it will know you get your different levels of dragon who come show up and kind of Harachi as you're walking around the world, and what you you generally get like your your dragons, your great dragons, and your elder dragons are the biggest ones. So what the hell's a legendary dragon? Yeah, sounds pretty badass. <laughs> yeah, so I'm interested in finding that. That could be the most exciting part. And I haven't got to the point where you adopt a kid. I don't know if you need to wait until you're married to do that. And, my current character isn't married, so I'll see how I get on with that as well. That sounds a bit bollocky Sims to me, mate. I can't be honest with that shit. The, the thing about Skyrim is, it's and it was the same with Oblivion for me, is it's a very immersive game. And although, as you say, no one sees my world, I love setting out my house. I love getting my, my little armour racks and putting my best like armour that I've collected from bosses. You know that? And I always keep everything that has an individual name. You know what I mean? I wouldn't keep like the... Great acts of eminent fucking whatever. Do you know what I mean? But if something has an individual name when you pick it up, like a sword or a piece of armour, I'll keep it and store it up. And I like putting my best stuff on these little dummies. I like putting all my best weapons on the on the walls and on the weapons racks for for people to see, even though no one's ever gonna see it. And this is just adding on to that, and it? it's just um, an extension of that. You're actually building the house yourself. You're you're getting your own little kid to walk about the house. You can get a steward to come and tidy everything up for you and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's just extending onto that. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Whatever floats your boat. I don't think I'm uh, too happy with it after you've described it like this. I was hoping for more of the, the Minecrafty type elements when people had said that. Um, yeah, I think I'm out on that. 
No, I mean, I mean, I may be mistaken, but that's just the way I feel about it at the moment. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you if anything changes. Well, the download's not going to go away, mate. So, um, yeah, keep me informed. Talking about being completely wrong about something and telling you about any changes. If you remember last week, I was talking shit about P- Prototype Two. Okay, yeah. I think you guys took me as being a bit more negative than I was. I was still trying to tell you that it's a good game. It's just maybe not as good as the first one. Do you know what I mean? Um, But what I had moaned about, I had moaned that you weren't learning any new powers. You you started off with all the powers you ended up with in Prototype 1. And I'd also moaned that you couldn't get in any vehicles. If you remember, I was saying that when I finally got to the point where my person became a pilot, you just stepped in the helicopter that t- quick travelled you to somewhere else. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember all that, mate, yeah. Yeah, I think after about 20 minutes after saying that to you, the, the next playthrough I did, within 20 minutes, my guy gained the ability to drive tanks. So I can now I can now run along. And you've got more than one option now. In the original one, you could just jump in the tank and drive it. Now I can either jump in the tank and drive it, or I can just rip the fucking guns off it and run about with a gun from the tank. Yeah. Which is, which is pretty badass, do you know what I mean? I've also gained the ability to do the same in helicopters, so I can just jump up, dive in a helicopter and take that, and it's like Apache gunships and stuff. And the same idea as well, I can just rip the rocket pods off of them as well and run about with the big giant missile launchers Mm -hmm. and stuff. So I I think the game deserves a a little apology from me because I've I've got right into it now, and I think the story's actually a little bit more exciting this time if you actually stop and pay attention to it. So sorry, Prototype 2. That's fair enough, mate. We're, we're at a point where we're apologising to individual games. That's um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I just don't think the game deserved the the harsh criticism that I gave it last week. It's easy enough to do, mate. Sometimes when you when you you haven't seen all the bits of the game, you can uh, have a false impression. But also, mate, one of the things about this game is, uh, as the story goes, the guy from Prototype One, Alex Mercer, has infected the guy that you go in Prototype Two. But he's also infected other people this time, so you're not the only badass in t- badass in town. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And sometimes you're coming across these um, evolved infected, and they have powers that you don't have yet. So maybe the ability to like grow some hammer fists, or do you know what I mean? All different abilities. And if you beat these guys and absorb them or consume them, sorry. You gain their their power, so I, I hadn't done any of that yet the last time, so I'm quite impressed with that as well. So it's a really good little game, and I think you would like it, mate. I, I told you, talked to you about it during the week that there's a shitload of collectibles in this game, and you love collectibles. It's been said before, mate, that I might like a collectible or two. Yeah, and it's a very clever way that they do collectibles. It's not just something kicking about the game. Basically, I've told you before, you you consume people. And when you consume someone, you gain their memories and stuff like that. So there's loads of little extra abilities about the game. Like, like when you gain the ability to use assault rifles, there's five notches in that ability. So you can absorb other people other people who are good with assault rifles to gain extra ability, like gain a little bit more damage or, do you know what I mean, better helicopter skills, things like that. And those are the collectibles. These people that are kicking about the game that have these abilities, nice. so it kind of adds a little an extra slant onto that. Other than running about collecting packages or orbs and stuff, there's there's something to it this time. Do you know what I mean? Yep. 
So I think I think you would like that. No, I'll, I'll look out for it. I think the last thing I've been playing is I got my copy of um, Azura's Wrath through the door. Oh yeah, this from the rental thing. Yeah. Yep. No, I, I don't know. I got you to play the demo for the for this a while back, didn't I? You did, yeah. That was a weird old demo, wasn't it? Yeah, and the game's no less weird, to be honest. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I've I've been really enjoying it. I don't think it's everyone's cup of tea, especially for someone who doesn't like cutscenes. So I'm not sure if it's for you in total. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of like watching, and you just have to like press the Y button every now and again when your character's punching someone. Half the game is just quick time events. It seemed like more than half when I played the demo, to be honest. It seemed like the whole demo was just like one big quick time thing and just bashing the other button. But I think it was weird enough that that didn't bother me as much as it has done in other games. Yeah, it kind of mixes it up. It's an anime series kind of style, do you know what I mean? Where there's, there's different episodes. But each one seems to be about 20 minutes for me. When you get into a fight... Yeah, you get the, the boss mode where suddenly it goes into a quick time event and that's how you move the, the fight on. But in order to get to boss mode, you need to cause a certain amount of damage. So there is a whole chunk of the game where it's you get your health bar, you get the enemy doesn't have a health bar because you can't damage them until you go into these quick time events. But basically you have to cause damage to build up this other bar, do you know what I mean? And obviously if you lose health before you've built up this bar, you lose. So there is a a good bit of gameplay and it just not loads but the story's mad as fuck mate it's interesting enough to give it a look so there's a couple of these big enemies in the trial do they get bigger and badder as you go through the game uh, not size wise just like more powerful do you know what I mean it starts off there's like eight generals and this is all from the beginning of the game this is like first 20 minutes stuff so I'm not giving away spoilers because I'm not going to tell you how it ends up or what happens but basically the idea is there's these eight generals who protect the planet. There's a kind of coup goes on and Azura is the one who they choose to frame and make out to be the bad guy. So after being framed, Azura is kind of killed and sent back, like thrown down to earth. But being that he's all powerful and stuff, he gets reborn. And it's like 12,000 years later and these the seven remaining generals have decided to make themselves gods. So they're now known as the Seven Deities. But What's he been doing for 12,000 years? He's been dead. It's <laughs> not his choice, mate. He doesn't just decide I'm going to... It's not like fucking Mario. He doesn't, doesn't collect a green mushroom and come back straight away. Do you know what I mean? They should have put that in. Yeah. But the idea is, obviously these gods have become corrupt with power and they're doing nothing now to protect the people of the planet. It's all about what can the planet do for them and with... with Azura being quite angry, he makes it his personal job to wipe out all seven of them. So it's just that your typical kind of, there's a list of different enemies, all with their, different bosses, all with their different types of power and stuff, and he's just systematically going through them all and trying to take them out. Cool. But the thing they don't count for is, I mean, it's in the title of the game, each each of these eight generals all has a base emotion that, that powers them up. So, like, I don't know, like, greed and vanity, things like that. I think they were pretty stupid because the person who they've decided to betray is the guy whose uh, base emotion is wrath. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, well, that's a bit stupid, isn't <laughs> it? Like, like, maybe they should have just picked the vanity guy or something like that. Do you know what I mean? He just spends the whole game in a bad mood. 
Christ. It's, it's, quite, <laughs> it's quite funny to watch this guy just go to new levels of craziness, do you know what I mean? Just when you think he can't get any angrier, he takes it up. And that's actually completely true. I know I spoke last week about I, I love aptly named achievements that show up at the right moment, and you, you get a bit of that in this as well. There, there is one point where you think you can't get any more angry, and suddenly something else happens, and he's more angry again, and the achievement pops up on the screen, heads will roll, and it's so aptly named. Fair dues. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's all I've got to say about that. I think I'm about three chapters to go. In fact, no, I've, I have got one other thing to say. Um, Capcom are dirty, greedy bastards, mate. <laughs> I think we all, well, that's I think, nothing new. Yeah. Basically, they don't give you the ending of the game. Um, it takes you up to the end of part three, but there's a part four, which is the actual ending of the game, and you need to paste 560 Microsoft points to get it. And it's an extra free, bastard. Yeah, it's an extra three episodes. So it's another, like, roughly about another hour worth of gameplay, but about four quid or something like that. Um, yeah, about that, yeah. yeah. Cheeky bastard. Uh, well, you've also got the a separate piece of a, a DLC, which is non-canon, where you can have Azura have a fight with Ryu off a of Street Fighter. Yeah. And then also there's one for him to fight Akuma off a of Street Fighter as well, and those well, are 160. There's, there's a couple of women dudes fighting together, Jesus. <laughs> I think it would cost you about a thousand, maybe a thousand one hundred points or something like that for all all the DLC. I suppose it's not that bad, mate, if it's adding quite a lot to it. It's no horse armour, is it? No, definitely not. And if you're just looking to get the ending of the game, you're only talking 560 points. But to be honest, that's the one that pisses me off. They shouldn't be putting out the game with, without the ending. That's a bit pish. Yeah, and I bet it was out there day one and all that stuff, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I don't know, I like to give them the benefit of the doubt because it's not on-disc DLC. It's, I definitely had to download 1.6 gigabytes of information with it. I don't know if maybe they've they thought we're going to make an Azura's Raft 2 and 3 and whatever and make a, a franchise out of this and then maybe it didn't do well so they just went oh do you know what we'll just shove out the ending now I don't know but I don't I've, something tells me that's not the case and that they had this ending already written out and just decided to make us all pay for it they're always doing it though aren't they they're always I mean trying to squeeze extra money out of us Capcom up. we found that with the old Street Fighter and stuff how many versions of Street Fighter 4 have they put out now oh, it's a bit ridiculous right and and they're not even compatible with each other. No, this so you need, you need to have every single copy if you want to fight against different people and stuff like that. It's, it's a bit stupid. But I'm yet to judge what the ending's like, so I'll let, probably let you know next time. Cool, nice one. Uh, is that it there, mate? Is that all your uh, gaming? You got anything else you want to talk about? I've been playing one little iPhone game. That is uh, Geomon. Now, you had turned me on to a game... But maybe about a week or so ago, and it was Little Masters, if you remember. It was a bit of a Pokemon rip-off. But I, I was enjoying it. I liked the way it worked. It, worked. it was very similar to Pokemon. But the only thing is, it does that thing where it makes you wait. You can't right. just constantly fight and level up. You need to wait seven minutes before you can get another fight, and nah, all that kind of stuff. That. You need to wait an hour before you can hatch an egg, and stuff like that. And I, I'd started to get a bit fed up with that. Luckily enough, I happened to be talking to one of my mates, and he had said, "Oh, I haven't played this other one, Geomon, and it's not as nice looking. It's not. It doesn't look like a Pokemon game, but it's the same idea. You get you start off with one monster. You get to pick one of three monsters. You go out into the world, and it's all based on your location. Like it gives you a radar and what the area. It shows you like the map of where you are, 
And it's basically meant to be pretending to you that there's monsters in the real world round about you. And it's the same idea. You select one, you fight it, you throw a crystal instead of a Pokeball and you capture it. You form a little group of three. You get actual missions. So some of the missions are things like, uh, I don't know, kill 25 of this particular species or get to level 5 or collect this item and things like that. And at the top of each mission structure, you get, generally get a boss. Alright. So, so it's, it's a lot more, there's a lot more to play in it. And I'd love people to get into it and build up a little squad and add me on there. Nobody's going to do that, mate. I'd, Nobody I'd love, loves Pokemon like you do. I'm pretty sure one or two other people like Pokemon, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. You'll find out, won't you? <laughs> yeah, hopefully. So I think I'm, I'm Magic Molly on there as well. So if anyone fancies... Give it a try. Let me know what you think. Yeah. So that's all I've been up to this week, mate. I've not got much else to talk about. So do you want to have a little break? Yeah, may as well, mate. back everybody and I have something I've got, I've got a bone to pick Jace, you know, were you? go on then what's this <laughs> what have I done well, it's not so much what you've done it's about a section last week where we went into who was the best gamer <coughs> Chase wins uh, Hasht- yeah, hashtag Chase wins yeah and there's a very good reason for that and that is I kind of spazzed out last week and I forgot I'd done a few things that you haven't done that are probably a little bit impressive. So, that's kind of my fault, because I should have remembered at the time. I should always be proud, as you said to me on during the week. I should always be proud of the things that I've done, shouldn't I? Well, always have something there to boast about, mate. If nothing else in your life, always have something there that you can go, you're a cunt, because I can do this. So, the things I forgot to mention was, I forgot to mention that I've managed to do all the M-plus levels. Which I haven't done yet. Nope, you haven't. And I've finished Braid. And I think that's pretty impressive in itself, mate. Yeah, fair enough. I haven't done that yet. Um, We'll add those to your list. So I I wish I'd said that last week, but... Now I want to challenge you this week, Jess. Oh, go on then. Right. Now you're a Halo fan, aren't you? As as you know, yeah. Yeah, we're both big Halo fans. Now, (laughs) this is neither here nor there, but... I was just thinking we could maybe challenge each other every so often on 
and our knowledge or things like that. And um, this week what I want to do to you is I'm going to play you some Halo themes. And I want to, I want you to tell me what game they're from. Do you think you're up for that? I'll give it a go, mate. I'm, um, yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to be very successful, but we'll give it a go. <laughs> yeah, other other people at home can play along. Obviously, when I'm playing them to you, it's going to sound a bit janky, but you're going to do your fucking editing magic, aren't you, and make it sound a bit better for everyone at home? Yeah, I'll give it a go. Right, I'll start with this one then, right? Go on. So, what game do you reckon that's from? Uh, I'm going to guess Halo 2. I might be wrong. Halo 2 is correct. Yeah, get in. <laughs> right, so let's see how you get on with this one. Halo 1? Or oh, Halo Combat Evolved, should we call it? That is incorrect, mate. Oh, <laughs> that is the music of Halo Wars. Oh, the one I haven't played. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> well, I don't know what ones you played, mate. Alright, fair enough. I was actually going to... Th- I was thinking of Wars, because I, I didn't really recognise the music, but I thought it must be uh, one, but never mind. Fair enough. Right, number three... So, what do you reckon that one was, mate? That one is my favourite one, Halo 3. That is correct, Yay, mate. Well done. Winner. That's two out, of, two out of three so far, not bad. Right, number four. That's got to be Halo 1, surely. Halo 1? Oh, Combat Evolved, shall I say. Yeah. Again, that is incorrect. Oh, man, what fucking is that, man? <laughs> that is the god-awful piece of shit that is ODST. Oh, that doesn't... That's dead to me. I'm not going to get that one, right? <laughs> right, 
So, I'm only going to play one more, because there's no point in playing both of them, because if I tell you, if, if you get five right or wrong, you're going to know what six is going to be, so here comes the last one. So what was that one, mate? That has got to be Reach, surely. That's correct again, mate. Yeah. So that's good, mate. Three, three out of five isn't bad. Yeah, I'm calling bullshit on Wars, because you know I haven't played it, and you fucking knew that from the start. <laughs> yeah, I had to add in a curveball, didn't I? I Although I did have it at one point. I never actually got round yeah. to playing it. Never mind. Now, should we just play a bit of the, the wonderful Halo 1 music? Go on then, let's play, let's play a little bit here just to uh, yeah. round it off. So, mate, that's the one I deliberately left out, mate, because I, I know that's the most fucking glorious one. It was done better in Halo 3, right enough. Do you know what I mean? It's The the, the, the Halo 3 version was kind of revamped and made a bit better. They added in the, the great guitar tracks and stuff like that to it. So, But, yeah, mate, you, you did okay. You, you weren't an, an absolute train wreck. And maybe you can give me some sort of test to my gamely manliness next week. Oh, I'll, I'll find some for you, mate, don't you worry. <laughs> the reason I kind of made the the challenge music based was because we got a, a we got a question from the artist formerly known as Wolf Snake, and he's now called Welsh Benno. Yeah, stop changing your name. <laughs> and that's on the Twitter. And he has asked a couple of questions. So first of all, he's asked, um, "What music do we listen to while we're playing with games?" Okay. So, do you want do you want to start us off, mate? What what kind of music do you listen to? Yeah, well, I, I only really listen to music when I'm I'm playing a game that that I don't need to listen to the the game really. Um, I play some games in bed and that as well when the wife's asleep, so I might have my headphones on and stuff, um, and I've got to turn the telly right down. So, if I'm playing like a, a puzzle game, like a Peggle or something like that, or um, a bit hexic, or even if I'm playing like a football game and I don't need to listen to the shit commentary, um, I usually put on. If I'm not listening to a podcast. I've got an app on my phone, I think it's uh, Mix DJ Pro, and I put that on, and you, there's all sorts of different mixes that people load up in different styles and stuff, so I, I might stick a bit of dubstep on there, or a bit of jungle, um, or maybe a bit of chill out, depending on what sort of mood I'm in. Well, I, see, I'm on the same page as you, mate. Um, most of the games I play, as, as I mentioned last week, I, I generally play games for the story, so I'm, I'm generally one to listen to what people are going to say, and a lot of games have like used music to great effect. Do you know what I mean? To get to get the kind of tone of that individual part like across. So I don't I don't want to miss out on all that. Do you know what I mean? But sometimes I mean sometimes when I'm playing Skyrim, for instance, there's there can be a lot of running about the town. Just like, sometimes just the 
the ad the admin that you have to do in between missions uh, selling all your shit storing everything away crafting some you know stuff I mean? up uh, and all that yeah, yeah yeah sometimes that can take in itself like about 45 minutes so sometimes I've turned the volume down a bit and just pop on a podcast as you say because there's, there's plenty of those kicking about to listen to and but other than that I've got a, uh, at the moment I've, I'm still in the middle of a free trial for Spotify and if all else fails I'll just listen to a fucking Spice Girls album or something nice <laughs> um, not really but uh, recently I've been listening to I don't know if you've been li- anyone's been listening to Radio 1 but I've been listening to an, al- a, an album by a band called of Monsters and Men which is a kind of weird I think it's Scandinavian or some weird stuff like that kind of folky band and I've been getting into that but I don't have the best taste in music mate so don't ask me he's also asked what our favourite soundtrack is of this generation and any other generation so I'm guessing we have to give two answers each one one for this generation one for the last generation so I'll start off with this one what I'll say is my favourite gaming soundtrack for this generation has been Fallout 3 I know some of the songs in it are a bit like kind of naff because they're very old fashioned but I feel as if they really went with the tone of the game and I really got into a lot of the songs. I found myself singing along to them to, towards the end of the game. I don't know about yourself, because you played that as well. What did, what did you think? Yeah, the um, a lot's been talked about the soundtrack for Fallout, and um, it's, it's a good one. Personally, I think this gen, I'd, I'd have to go with one of the Halos. I don't know which one, because uh, I don't really pay much attention to the music, but in Halo, the, the music kind of drives the tension through some of the levels, doesn't it? So and definitely, especially in Reach, I would, if I was to give it to one of them, I'd definitely give it to Reach. There's a lot of really great, um, really somber music, especially because the whole, the whole point of that game, like it's it's a losing battle you're fighting. Do you know what I mean? And the music in that game really gets that across. I think. Yeah, I probably agree with you. It's the most, the one that's most fresh in my mind as well. So I'll I'll say Halo Reach for this generation. For my previous generation. And it might be too much of an obvious answer, but I don't care. It's the only game and soundtrack that I actually have and listen to regularly, and that is Final Fantasy VII. There's so many good tracks in that. And that have you, have you listened to the actual uh, soundtrack of that, Jess? Because I know you, I know you're partial to Final Fantasy VII yourself. I've listened to parts of it. I've not got the whole thing, um, which is a bit silly. I'd expect me to have that, but um, what I have listened to, obviously, I, I know the tracks, and uh, yeah, it is really good. Right. I mean, there's op- there's the obvious ones. I know everyone loves the whole one winged angel thing, the whole Sephiroth theme, and like maybe Aeris's theme and stuff like that. The one that always gets me is Sid Sid Highwind's theme, because I was always a big massive Sid that Sid fan, es- especially when they're going up into space and stuff like that. The music gets across the whole like idea of exploration that that, that character's all about, and that there's there's something great out there and. I, I, I love that stuff. I could just sit and listen to that album on non-stop. Do you know what I mean? All the way through. Yeah, fair play, mate. What about yourself, mate? Any, anything from the previous generations grab you? Oh, previous generations, mate. There's, there's so many games I've played. Christ, you put me to choose one soundtrack. Um, I don't know. I'll have, to th- I'll have to think of something I've been listening to recently. and It's, it's not going to be my favourite, but it's just one that I'm enjoying listening to at the moment. Um, I've got the old NES music app and I've been listening at work to the soundtrack for Thunder Thunder how do I say it? The soundtrack to Thunder Force three on the Mega Drive. That's a fantastic one. I've never even heard of this game so <laughs> There's lots and lots of levels 
in this game, and there's lots of good music that goes along with them, and it really changes it up uh, for each of them. And you can tell the boss stages there, it brings the music in hard and stuff, and, and it really gets you fired up for, for the boss battles and stuff. So it's a real good one, mate. And like I say, it's not my favourite, but it's one that's fresh in my mind. Um, I've got too many games to think about, mate. <laughs> and you're not you're not a big uh, gaming music man nowadays anyway, are you? Well, I don't pay a great deal of attention to, to the music and that. It, it happens around me, and I enjoy it while I'm playing the game, but I don't think about it outside of that environment, you know what I mean? Not really. Yeah. So, also, we we had a little a little thing with Will Spenno, didn't we, last, just last night? He'd sent us a challenge, and this was on Stickman Diving on the iPhone, and he had challenged us to get a higher score than him, but he hadn't realised that me and you both already have quite high scores in this game, don't we? Yeah, I think uh, old Welsh Benno had been drinking a bit last night. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember seeing him on the Twitter, he was on the pints of wine at one point, and then uh, he decided he was going to challenge us. And um, I think he's learnt his lesson, because having a quick look at the old game centre, I think we were both blowing him out of the water before he'd even started. I will ask you, who's who's got the highest score of the three of us? Uh, it's probably you, mate. Yeah, go on. I'll, I'll let uh, you have this one. It is me, mate. <laughs> I know someone wouldn't be asking the question. I'd be, I'd be breezing like right past it. Yeah, what a prick. Next time, next time you wanna, wanna give us a challenge, maybe look at the leaderboard first. <laughs> Take a look at what, what you're, what you're up against. Is, what, <laughs> is, is my advice. You do realise that whole bit we've just done is kind of ripping the piss out of the guy. That's not really fair. We're only kind of taking the piss, aren't we? We, we, we love them really. Yeah, fair is. So that's it for questions this week. We're a little bit light this time. Um, so we need we need more questions next time, people. Obviously, uh, if you want us to talk about stuff, you've got to help us out a little bit. We've... Yeah, and we'll, we'll probably stick to the policy of any question will be answered. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I've got no problem asking, answering that questions. And we haven't even got any uh, iTunes reviews to talk about this week. Do people not love us anymore, or what? I don't think they do. I guess the last thing I want to ask them before we get off is... What's this Year of Shame thing all about that you're going to introduce? Oh, the Year of Shame challenge, right. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've, you've teased about it lately. I, I want to hear about it now. I think it's time, isn't it? It is, mate, yeah. It's, it's happening very shortly. Um, there's myself and a couple of guys off Midlife Gamer. We've decided that enough is enough and the piles of shame have got too big. And uh, we're going to talk more about it coming up because we've got a podcast coming out about it. So we're going to make it into quite a big, uh, a big thing, but... As of the last day, the Sunday of Eurogamer, we are going to try for a whole year not to buy any new games and just what? just play through the piles of shame that we've got sitting there. That's I, what <laughs> does not compute. <laughs> no, I think I nearly had a meltdown then. So how are you going to manage this, mate? Uh, considering that you, you you currently do a gaming podcast, how are you? Do you feel as if your uh, pile of shame is going to be enough to give you stuff to talk about? And to keep, more importantly, do you think it's going to be enough to entertain you for the year? Well, as far as the, the podcast goes, I don't think we've even talked once about a brand new game since we've been on it, apart from Joey with uh, Sleeping Dogs last week. So if you Damn you, keep, Joey, and keeping us relevant. If you, you can keep us relevant with the uh, newer games if you want, <laughs> and I'll just continue talking about my adventures in the past. But now, so what happens when... Because there's a couple of good games coming out, aren't there? Do you know what I mean? What ha- how are you going to put up with missing them? Well, I'm not going to miss them all. I've got I've got one little joker I can play. 
for uh, Halo 4. I've, I've already laid that down. I'm not missing Halo 4. And um, the other ones, I'm just going to have to deal with it, mate. I've, I've got so many games sitting there, mate. I just need to get through these ones because the next generation's coming and stuff. And I need to clear my shelves and I need to stop being a prick and actually play the games I buy. So I'm going to see how it goes, mate. And I'm quite up for a challenge, as you know. And this is what this is. It's a challenge to whittle down that pile of shame. And if I can do that, and if I can get it out of the way, then I'll move on to new games then. You know what I mean? So if anybody wants to keep up with uh, how that's going, we're going to put a podcast out very shortly. And um, there's also going to be loads of stuff on Midlife Gamer. So if anybody uh, wants to pop over there and have a look and see what's going on, then um, you're more than welcome to do so. Excellent, mate. Um, and I'll obviously be rubbing in the fact that I'm playing all these lovely new games. That's fair enough, mate. I'm going to survive on demos, I think. Fair enough, mate. And how often is your podcast going to be? We're going to try and do one every month. Um, we're going to have some community involvement with it and stuff. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting, if nothing else, mate. We'll see how it goes on. Excellent, mate. So, everyone should listen to that, and I know I will be. Yeah, I'll throw some links up when that comes out and stuff, so people can uh, keep in touch with it. So, that's about all we've got to talk about this week, isn't it, Jess? So, I guess there's nothing else to do but to close out the show. Yeah, it's... The, we're in that little run-up period to Eurogamer, so big things are just around the corner. So I think the next episode is probably going to be our pre-Eurogamer show, and maybe next week we can kind of talk about our expectations and what, what, just kind of what we're expecting to see at Eurogamer and our plans for it. Yeah, let people know where we're going to be around and stuff, and um, yeah, whatever we talk, whatever we find to talk about. <laughs> Excellent. So look forward to that next week. So if anyone wants to get a hold of us, you can get us on the Twitter, and that's at console underscore ninjas. And I am at Majin Wally, if you want to get a hold of me. Yeah, you can get me at Jay Stokes, or you can email us on console ninjas podcast at gmail.com. Yes, so just keep keep them coming. Keep all the, the, feed, the lovely feedback coming, and please feel free to give us an iTunes review, because as we've mentioned before, we're that does kind of keep us going. Yeah, and uh, recommend us to your friends if you think uh, anybody else want to listen to us. Shall we get off then, Jess? I'm not getting off of you, mate. But yeah, we'll get out of here. <laughs> you should be so fucking lucky. Fucking <laughs> <I don't> know, <laughs> right, cheers, everyone. We're going to be out See you later. See you later.